Welcome to the Helping Families Be Happy podcast, where we explore the often messy world of family, love, and relationships. I am your host for this podcast, Dr. Carla Marie Manley, a practicing clinical psychologist, wellness advocate, and author based in Sonoma County, California. I've teamed up with Familius Publishing to bring you nourishing real-life information about love, family, relationships, and life. Now, I am thrilled to introduce today's guest, Rebecca Green, who will be talking with us about her new book, One and Done. Welcome to the podcast, Rebecca. It's such a joy to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, so I understand that you're in an area of the country right now where you have a a bit of weather going on. Yes, it's very blustery. We have basically a windstorm that's been going on all afternoon. So it's been really nice weather up until today, but I think there's a cold front and now things have changed and it feels more like winter again. Okay, so we're going to go with the flow today and hope you can stay with us. So tell us a little bit about what makes you, you. Okay, well, let's see. So my in my day job, I'm a mental health therapist who works with kids, teens, and families. I absolutely love my job as a therapist. And as I have been working with clients, one of the things I realized was that only child families really don't have a lot of resources just dedicated to them. And I myself am an only child and I'm raising an only child. And my perspective as a parent and as an only child myself and as a therapist who works with families who have only children and are experiencing different issues related to that, it all made me realize that there should be more books dedicated to the topic of raising only children. And when I went and a few years ago, when I went to the bookstore and went to look for these and looked online, there were very few books that are parenting guides tailored specifically to only child families. And there's so many parenting guides out there as a, in general. But when I noticed the lack of guides for only child families, it made me realize that there was a wonderful opportunity to write a how-to parenting guide, self-help book specifically tailored for only child families. And so that's what I set out to do. And it was published this past January, right after the new year. Excellent. So perfect segue into your book, One and Done. Could you tell listeners, who is your target audience? Is this for children? Is this for parents? Both? (laughs) Okay. This is for parents, parents of only children, It's specifically for parents who have already made the decision that they are going to have an only child. So the book is not uh, meant to help parents make the decision to have one child. It's, It's when readers start the book, they've already made that decision. So what it is, is a step by step parenting guide to help parents just get all of the tips, resources and suggestions they need throughout their parenting journey with an only child family. The book would also be very appealing to grandparents who have grandchildren who are only children, as well as mental health therapists, school counselors, and also teachers, all of who would like to just learn more about just the dynamics, that the relationship dynamics that go on in only child families and some of the unique issues that come up with only child families as well. 
Okay, excellent. So what are a few of the key differences between a family of, let's say, 2.5 children, you know, the former national average, and a family which are, they're increasingly, you know, more popular to have just one child. But what are, what are some of the big differences, the key differences? I think some of the differences include that only child families have, there are some blessings and there are some challenges involved in raising an only child. And I'll, I'll just go through some of those. So some of the the positives are that parents have more time and energy to devote to their child because their attention is not divided among multiple children. And in today's society, with most of the time, both parents working outside of the home, or if it's a single parent family with that parent working outside of the home, time and energy are in short supply these days. So many parents make the decision to have one child because they feel that they can best best raise a child when they get all of their time and energy rather than diluting it amongst multiple children. Another positive is financial. Mm -hmm. That many families are stretched thin with everything being so expensive and college being so expensive and just day-to-day living being so incredibly expensive, plus childcare costs. The cost for daycare, or a nanny is just prohibitive for many families. So some families make the decision to have one child based on finances. Um, Makes sense. <laughs> they decide that they can live their best life if they have one child that they put all of their financial resources toward. Another key difference is just in terms of socializing. So one of the things I realized as a family with one child is that it, it's hard to find other only child families a lot of times in larger cities when you're out in the suburbs. Many only child families tend to stay closer to big cities. They might live in the city or in close in suburbs. And for the families who do are able to find many other only child families in their child's school, for instance, they usually don't have um, any issues with socializing. But sometimes when you're the only, only child family at your child's preschool or in your child's class, it can create some, some social socializing issues. So for instance, Many times, at least when kids are younger, like when they're preschool or elementary school age, families prefer to socialize with other families where the kids' ages match up so that they can all hang out together with whole family meetups. And that can pose a bit of a problem for only child families because sometimes they are excluded socially in those kinds of Mm -hmm. situations because there wouldn't be another sibling to match up with the older or younger sibling of the other child. And so I myself have experienced that. I've experienced what it feels like to be left out socially because we have one child and there wouldn't be a friend for the child that my son would like to hang out with. So that can be really, really distressing. So that's one of the downsides. Absolutely. And So let's move a little bit more into some of the other downsides of being an only child. Sure. Well, one of the downsides, and this is something that I think is very widely known, one of the the stereotypes of only children is that they're always lonely. 
And I would say that sometimes they can be lonely, just like children in families with multiple siblings sometimes can be lonely. So it's definitely not that only children are always lonely, but it can be an issue, especially during the pandemic. You know, I interviewed many only child families who said during the pandemic, it was a real problem for their only child being lonely when school was shut down up to a year in some cases, and they didn't have a lot of others to socialize with. So a lot of times that really showed how the loneliness can be a significant issue. Now, of course, absolutely no built-in playmate. If you have at least one other child, you have a built-in playmate. Otherwise, the child's left with the caregiver, you know, mom, dad, mom, mom, caregivers. Absolutely. And the consequences of that are parents can feel obligated to play with their child 24-7, like all the time, which can cause burnout in the parents. And many times parents, especially if they work from home or or working full-time, they just don't have a lot of time and energy left over to necessarily spend hours after work playing with their child. So one of the things that can be done is to enroll your only child in a lot of extracurricular activities, make sure that they have friends in the neighborhood they can play with, try and proactively arrange play dates whenever possible, so either after school or on the weekends, to make sure that your only child does have a lot of social time. Because sometimes only children can get lonely since they do spend a lot of their time at home alone, either in their room or, you know, just in a common area, but they can spend a lot of time on their own. And one benefit of that is many only children really nurture their creative sides because they, they're very resourceful. They, they're playing by themselves a lot of the time, so they learn how to make the most of that. But sometimes they can feel lonely. And so I think parents... One set of tips that I have in the book is that parents should be very proactive about signing their only children up for lots of activities, scheduling play dates whenever possible, and making sure they have friends in the neighborhood or maybe similar age cousins that they can play with frequently. Now, I have a question for you. Thank you for all of that information. So helpful. Is there any sort of illuminating fact that you'd like to share? Maybe something about You know, you hear only children tend to be more intelligent. Only children tend to be more independent. Are there any researched facts that you could share with our audience that might tell us a little bit about a key benefit in that realm of raising an only child? I think it's been shown research-wise that only children are very successful academically and in their career. And that's attributed to the fact that parents spend so much time one-on-one with the child. So they spend so much time helping them with their homework, nurturing their unique individual talents because they have the financial resources to spend on music lessons or sports lessons or different types of after-school activities. And because only children spend a lot of time with adults, since they don't have any other same siblings in the home, their vocabularies tend to be quite advanced. Mm. They tend to be, you know, introduced to a lot of more advanced conversation topics more early on. And so as a result of all of that together, many only children excel academically in school They go on to excel and become leaders in their career field, especially because they've had so much practice 
being leaders at home and many times with their friends. Only children have been shown to have very high levels of self-confidence and self-esteem. And so all of that together positions them very well to be incredibly successful when they're adults. Excellent information. So some huge benefits to being an only child. Now I have a question for you. There is a myth out there that, in fact, you know, you often hear onlys feel as though people expect them to have been raised in a spoiled fashion. What are your thoughts about that? Are onlys more spoiled? I would say no. I would say that it is a very widely held stereotype about only children, that only children are always spoiled, that they can't share with other kids, that their social skills are not as good as children who grow up in families with siblings. But that actually, all of those stereotypes have been debunked. And we'll we'll focus on the spoiled one. So I think the stereotype about only children being spoiled comes because their parents lavish all of their resources on them, all of their time on them, all of their financial resources. And all of that is true. But a child who grows up with a good, realistic idea about the idea of want versus need should not grow up spoiled. So in other words, when they get some of the things that they want and many of the things that they need, that's a healthy balance. What becomes an unhealthy balance is when kids get everything they need plus everything they want all the time. You know, that key is, do they always get a toy that they ask for immediately? Do they demand more than is reasonable from their parents, like tons of a toy or a game or an experience of some sort? But I think parents can be very mindful when raising only children to make sure they have a realistic view of wants versus needs and to make sure that they have a balance in their life so they they get some of what they want. I just love that. And, And listeners, I hope you pay attention to that piece because it's such a common issue, isn't it? Even in our own lives, much and much the same in our in children's lives, where what is that difference between often people use the terms interchangeably want and need and being able to slow it down Whether you have one children, one child or five children, being able to slow down or with yourself and say, is this a want or is this a need? And then evaluating it like that. So excellent information for parents, no matter how many children you have. So I have another question for you. We at Familius, as you know, you're a Familius author, really work on, you know, the mission is helping families be happy and really looking at the core values of loving together, playing together, learning together, working together, talking together, reading together, giving together, all of those things. How does your work and your book in particular help families be happy? I think because it's a parenting and a self-help guide It helps give families with one child a roadmap for parenting success. So there are very few parenting books tailored to only child families. And sometimes families with one child can feel a little bit lost. They can feel like, you know, especially if they don't know any other only child families, either within their own family or socially, they they sometimes can feel a little bit lost. And one thing I noticed is that on Facebook, There are dozens of support groups out there for only child families, many of which have thousands or tens of thousands of members. And so these people who join these groups are hungry Mm -hmm. for information about how to best raise an only child. 
And so they want to better their lives. They want to make sure that their experience raising an only child is the best it can possibly be. And one of the things that families look for are resources. And so this is a a book that can help them live their best life with an only child and be as happy as they possibly can be because sometimes when they're feeling lost, that can lead to feelings of frustration or anxiety and confusion. And so I think my book helps clear up a lot of questions that only child parents, parents of only children may have. And so that will lead them to become more successful as parents and happier as parents as well. What a beautiful way to put it, um, how you were saying it is a guidebook for parents. It offers a map. And when we feel lost in any enterprise in life, parenting or otherwise, it is so helpful to have a common sense guidebook that is uplifting and, you know, sets a course, which of course, one and done certainly does for parents who have an only child. So Rebecca, what other, as we prepare to wrap up, what are some other tips, any final thoughts you have to share with our listeners? We don't want to give away the whole book. Sure, absolutely. So one of the important points I wanted to mention about my book is my book is written for both families who are one and done by choice and also families who are one and done not by choice. So parents who have an only child generally fall into one of those two camps, so to speak. And I definitely address what it's like to be one and done, not by choice in the book. I have one um, very comprehensive chapter that focuses on how to cope with those feelings, whether you're one and done, not by choice because of infertility, because of health issues, because of divorce, because of partner preference. But sometimes it can be very challenging to have a smaller family than you would have otherwise preferred. And sometimes it can take parents many years to come to terms with that and accept their family size. So throughout the book, I'm very mindful to be inclusive of those families who might be one and done not by choice. And not only do I have an entire chapter that focuses on that, as well as coping strategies, but I include them in the discussion throughout the entire book. Along the lines of being inclusive, I also include families who are have a single parent. Um, I, I wanted to make sure that this book was as inclusive as possible. So the discussion also includes single parenting issues whenever possible. It includes families who have a child with special needs. So I discuss what it's like to have an only child who has special needs throughout the book. And I have some interviews with therapists who help families who have an only child with special Mm, needs. And I also interviewed families from around the world. So I wanted it to include an international perspective throughout the book. So I interviewed families from the UK, Australia, France, Japan, a variety of different countries, because I wanted to include what it's like to raise an only child in other countries, just for an interesting perspective. I know this book is mainly for an American audience, but I think it's very valuable to include the perspective of other cultures and other countries with what it's like to raise an only child family today as well. Well done. Well done. What a terrific book with such depth and breadth. So, and I really love that piece where you're 
you dive into helping parents who end up with one child when they may have had dreams of having a larger family. And it sounds like you really cover the sense of loss and grief that comes with that and being able to process that because one and done is not always what somebody wanted. So thank you for offering that support to our listeners on so many levels. So I appreciate very much you being with us today, Rebecca, and I'm so excited about the release of your amazing book. Where can our listeners find you? Sure, absolutely. So if they're looking for the book, they can purchase the book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all major bookstores, the Familius website. And then I also have a website. My website is www.rebecca, R-E-B-E-C-C-A, green, G-R-E-E-N-E.com. And readers could find me on my website. I also am um, an author of other books. So they can, if they're interested in exploring my work, they can find out about all of that on my website as well. Excellent. So look for Rebecca Green at rebeccagreen.com. Again, that's R-E-B-E-C-C-A-G-R-E-E-N-E dot com. And I am so excited again to have had the chance to talk with you and explore your amazing new book. As we conclude today's podcast, I'd like to thank Familius Publishing for their support in bringing this podcast to your ears and your heart. Would be thrilled if you'd subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review on iTunes and social media. If you'd like more wonderful Familius content, such as the fabulous book we talked about today, One and Done, be sure to visit us at Familius.com, where you will find our Habit Hub blog, as well as a spectacular selection of books for families. One step at a time, we can and will make the world a happier place. Thank you for sharing your time with me, Dr. Carla Marie Manley. It's been a joy and a true pleasure. Be well and shine, shine, shine as only you can do.